Welcome this uh, snowy morning to the Sidman Methodist Church, both in person and online. And if uh, you will stand for the lighting of the candles. join in our singing of Be Thou My Vision, number 382, or on the screen. Sidman, we don't have any uh, specifically for Sidman, but if you look to Beaverdale, on Monday of this week, we have Bible study at 7, and on uh, the following week, on Saturday, there's a soup and bake sale from 9 to 1, and at Dunlow on the 21st, there's a PPR meeting after church, and Tuesday, February 6th, there's a Bible study at 11.30 in the morning, 
and for the charge for January on the 21st, recognition of new church leaders. And on the 2nd of February is a youth gathering sponsored by the Forest Hills Ministerium at the St. Michael Fire Hall at 6 p.m. And on the 4th is Holy Communion. The 11th of February is a pulpit exchange Sunday, which is guest speaker Reverend Daryl Penrod and Reverend Bruce will be going to South Fork UMC. And then uh, less than a month away here on the 14th, we have Ash Wednesday. Anything else? Yeah, I have to. Uh... Let's see, Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday was held uh, here last year, so that means this year we'll be in Dunlop. Next next week it'll be on the uh, on the on the bulletin. Uh, the Ash Wednesday service. Oh, it takes uh, 21 minutes to get through the entire the entire service. Where we have the it's called the imposition of ashes. The imposition of ashes. And. Uh, uh, I'm going to postpone today the recognition of the 2424 church leaders until we have the church leaders here. So we'll wait until what Sunday that'll be. It'll be a surprise to me as it will to, uh, uh, to you. Okay, if you will join, stand and join in the affirmation of faith, which is on the screen. It is Psalm 139, 1 to 6, and 13 to 18 in the Pew Bibles on um, page 536. You have searched me, O Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to obtain. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in the book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God, how vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. You may be seated, and the children can come forward for the children's message. It was coffee. 
I bought. What did you say? Yeah, I was disappointed when they didn't. Yeah, they didn't taste like coffee. But and I and I thought, well, that's that's wrong. Went to the store, says coffee, showed the coffee cup. There's colors of coffee on there, and it wasn't coffee. I was disappointed because it looked really good. All the words said coffee, and every every factor of my body said it should be coffee. Now I guess if I would have really looked closely and stopped. It says Creamfield World Wafers. Even though down here it says Bowman Rich Coffee. <laughs> Decadent and indulgent. Those are words I used to describe coffee. It's a good one. But it, it, I'm disappointed. Turn the lid upside down. Turn the lid upside down. I don't even know how to use it. I was so, I was so disrupted by the fact that it wasn't coffee. I was, I can't even put the thing back together. And then it says no high fructose corn syrup. And then you turn it on the back, and it says there 20% of this is sugar. That's what high fructose corn syrup is. This whole thing was a lie. <laughs> and I was disappointed. Because I looked at it, looked good, sounded good. But it wasn't what was inside. And I, I ate some of the cookies out, I will admit it. <laughs> but you know what? They weren't even good either. That's why they're still in there from Christmas. They weren't any good? Well, you know, they're not amazing. <laughs> but I was so disappointed because what I thought was inside wasn't, even though everything told me it should be. The world's like that. The world's like this. There's a lot of stuff in there we see that looks good. And it tells us it's good. It tells us, hey, I'm a good thing. I'm what you want. Come on. You know, take me home with you. Make me a part of your world. <clears throat> and we buy into some of that stuff. Maybe it's people. Maybe it's a kid in school that maybe they're, they seem like the one that you want to be friends with. And then you find out they're not such a nice person on the inside. But they have the newest clothes and the coolest games and all the friends. You want to be a part of that. You want to be a part of it. You want to take that and make that, you know, part of your life. But what you see on the outside, maybe when you get to know that person, you realize they're really not a good person. Or maybe it's that toy you get. And it looks great. You get it home. It's really not what it says it's going to be. Or maybe it's something else in life. You know, when you get older and there's things out there that people say, hey, this is something good. Don't try this stuff. And you really got to be careful what you see out there in the world today because it's a lot, it's a lie. The only place it's not a lie is when you come here, when you come to what church talks about, what moms and dads and, and, and people you know love tell you is good for you. That's what we need to stay to, true to because you know who will never lie to us? is God. If we are confused about things in life, what we should do with, with, with the people in our life? Should we go with that person? Should we do what that person says we should do? Maybe the devil's pulling our brain somewhere else and it seems good. We need to go back to God. He'll never lie to us. Sometimes he doesn't give us the answers we want. I wanted this to be coffee, and it wasn't. And sometimes I say, hey God, you know, fix this problem in my life. And he doesn't seem to fix it the way I want him to. 
It's not that it's not there for me. It's that he knows what's right for me. And what I think sometimes is right isn't really what's right. God will never lie to us. He'll always put us in the right direction. And in this world that seems full of lies and, and craziness at this point in our life, if we don't know what to do, we always go back to God. He'll always tell us the truth. We may not like it, but we have to trust in God because he, will, he is there for us from the beginning to the end. He wants what's best for us. And like they say, we were written in the book. He, he, knows, he knows everything about us. From the time birth began, he knew who you were. And he knew who you would be. And as long as you stay close to God, he will never tell you a lie. He will always give you the right direction. And you'll never end up in the wrong place. Let's say a little prayer. Dear Lord, our world is full of deception. And it always seems to come with the fancy packaging and, and fancy promises. And it always seems to be exactly what we're looking for in life. But what we always need to look for in life is you. You will always give us the truth. You always lead us in the correct way. Let us pray. Our almighty God, we enter into your sanctuary this Sunday morning, not asking for our usual requests, but something we often don't pray for. We are asking this morning to receive the power that you can give to us through the Holy Spirit. It lives within each and every one of us and helps us with our direction in life and in following your ways. We know for it to be more powerful in our lives, we must ignite it. Give us the courage to do so and the strength to hold on when the power takes over us. Then stand back and watch us take your word to those who need to hear. Give us the motivations to use the power of the Holy Spirit so we too can go out into the world and share your word with others. We come before you this morning in this atmosphere of prayer to raise our voices up to you, to express what's on our hearts, minds, and spirits. We offer prayers for those who protect us from harm, the members of the law enforcement, military, especially our First Lieutenant Carl Smith, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, health professionals, we pray for the well-being and safety of our country, our community, and our church. Keep us safe and protected from the many evil forces that are around us. We pray for the safety and well-being of our youth. Guide them and protect them and let us continue to encourage them on their walk of faith. We pray for the unsaved, the unbelievers, those who haven't found their way yet. We ask that they see the light on their wayward ways so they may be saved before it's too late. We ask for forgiveness for our waywardness, for choosing to go our way instead of following your way. 
We pray for the good health and well-being of all the members of this congregation, their families, friends, and neighbors. Please keep them free from any harm that may be lingering around their lives. We pray for all of us having to travel in this kind of weather. May we all drive carefully and get to where we're going safely. We pray for Russell and Carly, who's going to have a baby, a girl baby, Saturday, sometime Saturday. We pray that everything goes well. We pray for Tom and Roseanne Burkett. Now, if there was a name that came to the people while we were praying, let them say those names out loud now. Dear Lord, let us bring our atmosphere of prayer to a close by praying together as a congregation the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever. Amen. So, what's our favorite hymn for today? 543. 543. 543. Let's make sure that the orchestra knows, knows what it is. 543. When the roll is called up yonder. Who called 543? That's, what, that's when the roll is, uh, is called up yonder. Does your orchestra know? Your orchestra knows it. So away we go. Please stand.
ushers come forward for the presentation of God's tithes, our gifts and offerings. And today, that small bucket is in the collection plate for any other money that you may have that you don't know what to do with to help pay our oil bill. Gracious God in heaven, we're here on the third Sunday in the month of January to worship you and to, uh, bring you all the praise and glory that you deserve. We ask that you accept these tithes, gifts, and offerings that are being presented by two of our young people today to be used to help with the running of your church here in Sydney and with spreading your word throughout the, the entire uh, area. We thank you for all this, dear Lord. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend. And we said, Amen. Please be seated. Our reading for the day is John 1, verses 43 through 51. The next day, day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, were from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How did you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The words of God for the people of God. 
Thanks be to God. This is a. This is a. Well, I won't. I won't say that. Things change because there's no. Uh, there's no. Uh, service of the of recognizing the church leaders. So. Maybe you'll get out early today. For your struggles home. Philip demonstrates that when we follow Jesus, action is expected. It's not just, just simply sitting at Jesus' feet, receiving wisdom and hearing new insights from him. It also includes an active response, a movement out into the world. Every single step of faith is a two-part process. First, acceptance, a passive response, allowing what happens with no resistance. And second, an active response, doing something that requires an action. Nathaniel's eyes see and his ears hear, giving him the capability to be aware of what the Holy Spirit has to say to him. These are two very important qualities Jesus is looking for in his people. He's asking them to follow him and to become a disciple. Because of his capabilities, Jesus says that Nathaniel is truly an Israelite because he is a man of no deceit. Nathaniel's response was like most Jews of the day. It reveals his perception. Nathaniel took a step of faith. Nathaniel was a perfect Israelite, a man whom God finds favor in. The man who recognizes the things of God naturally and in the right way. He was a man who recognizes the true identity of Jesus. From John 1:47, we just read this. Jesus says, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no receipt. Jesus knew Nathaniel because he knew his heart. God sees us before we see him. Before we ever consider making our first step toward God, he has already made his to us. Jesus' response displayed supernatural knowledge to Nathaniel so clearly that Philip's friend was overwhelmed by realizing this man is exactly whom Philip said he was. Nathaniel responds, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. The titles that Nathaniel uses for Jesus demonstrate how greatly he was convinced. Son of God was a popular title Gentiles used for a ruler of such wisdom and discernment that his voice could be thought of as only that of a God and not of a mere man. The title King of Israel was a Hebrew title from the, for the Messiah used as Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, which we will be celebrating soon. Two months, two months. Christ's sheer presence draws to him these two men. Both men were added to the number of disciples, only by one by sheer obedience, obedience, there's that word again, obedience, and another through a relationship. If you have accepted him, it's not just sitting at Jesus' feet, receiving wisdom and hearing new insights from him. It includes an active response, a movement out into the world, sharing the good news and working to change and improve one's world. So it's more like as on earth 
as is in heaven. Did we know that when we joined the church that we're supposed to be doing, we're supposed to uh, 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 answer it by an active response, a movement out into the world? I never realized that until I went back to church after 30 years when I, when I walked in. And I knew that's where, I, that's where I was supposed to be. Now this is what I'm supposed to do. That's the first time it came to, to my mind that uh, not that anything was on my mind. There were things on my mind in 38 years, but it had nothing to do with the church or religion or God in, in, in any way. But it was a service. And I, I felt I owed some, something back to, the, uh, uh, to God, to Jesus Christ. Uh, because he let me, they let me do what I wanted to do for 30, 30 some odd years. Knowing that it wasn't the thing that they wanted me to do. I wish I'd started this earlier. But I was 60 when I, 2000, 2010 when I started. Well, I went to school, 2008 is when I started things. You have to go through this interview, you have to go through that interview. And speaking of interviews, I probably won't get ordained now until sometime 2025. I, I opened an email on Monday, holiday, Martin Luther King Day, nothing to do, waiting for the football game to come on. And uh, there was an email, been in there since December 20th, uh, for those people who wanted to be ordained. Uh, it comes out I have to do uh, uh, 10 pages of written work, the whole page, an answering questions that they're, they're, they're giving me. Not me, I mean everybody who wants to be, become ordained. And uh, I have to supply them with a video or copy of a sermon. I just talked to Frank, we're going to do a video of one of the sermons that takes place between now and 2025, whichever one he thinks is best, because if I submitted this, a written work, I don't think they would get the sense of me by just reading these words. I think they need to see me in, uh, uh, in, in action. Uh, uh, and, and then uh, I had to go out there the first weekend of February, Friday or Saturday, and the second week of February, Friday and Saturday, for an interview, face to face. I don't know where all these other people come, but it's always out in, in Ohio, out near Columbus and Canton. And uh, uh, I, I was only going to do it on a Friday, where all the Friday appointments were taken. There are six in each group. It's like an hour and 15 minutes or something like that, that, that six people appear. Because I wasn't going to go on a Saturday, be, uh, well, if, unless it was a Saturday morning so I could be home, so I could be in church on, on Sunday. Because it's, it's about a five-hour ride uh, uh, out there. It used to be a four-hour ride, but that's when I was younger. Now, now it's, uh, you know, I'll just, I'll just set the, this is one thing I learned by going to the course of study, how to set my speed control on the car. Just set it on 65 miles an hour and slick the rest of the way until, oh, there it is, okay, there we are. Uh, uh, and so I have to go, th well, I can't go the first weekend in February because the, the youth group is having a special thing. Uh, the Far South Ministerium is uh, sponsoring it, and I, I want to be there. Uh, and then the second week is uh, Pulpit Exchange Week. Even though it's on a Sunday, I don't want to go out there on a Friday or Saturday and something happens or something, and I can't, I can't make it, so I can't go out this time around. I have to wait till there's other appointments, and they don't think there'll be any more until the year 2025. <laughs> so I met, I met Friday, Thursday with uh, my presiding elder, Randy Bain, and, and filled him in on the, uh, 
on the on the deal. He's going to become my my sponsor. Uh, you have a sponsor stand behind you, and I got a feeling that these ordination things are going to take forever. Now the first group that was ordained in October didn't have to go through any of this. All they had to do have their paperwork submitted by August the first. I submitted July the sixth. I found out on August the eleventh that they didn't receive any of my paperwork. So I missed the cutoff date for August the 1st. If I would have had things in, well, I had things in. If they had been received, I would have been ordained in October with none of this rigmarole, none of this stuff about answering all these questions and all this blah, 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 blah. They didn't have their act together then. Now they're getting their act together. And uh, they're, you know, it, oh, it's just a lot of paperwork. Uh, and a background check. They have to do a background. They're, they've made contact with the company that does a background check on you. So I've, that's been approved. They've, they, they got the, the, uh, my approval to do the background check, check on me. I just hope they don't go back to when I was in the Connecticut State Prison and uh, use that as a disclaimer. You know, no, I'm sorry, you were in prison. But I did teach music in the Connecticut State Maximum Security Prison, but I got to come home every night. I got to come home every, every night. What an experience that was. I was there the night they had a riot. And what they were planning on doing was the riot started in the ball field. And they ran to get in the door. And they were going to go to the school was the second place they were coming. That's where I was. I was in the school. Luckily, an officer beat the inmate back and locked the door before he could get in. Ambulances were coming up, and this and that, and it was a rather, I was 21, it was a rather frightening uh, experience to be with the, uh, the one, one a riot took out. Uh, but as you can tell, I survived. I'm here. Okay, so enough of my worries. Both men were added to the number of disciples, one by sheer obedience, and another through a relationship. Through their relationship, they are bringing Christ to their congregation, asking them to take a step of faith with them every week. They tried hard when all, we, when, when all gathered for worship to do just that. If being done, then it's your choice whether you accept him or not. We should come up with a board game that's called a step of, a step of faith. And uh, because I'm asking you each week to come and take a step of faith with me. Just one step of faith. Doesn't have to be a big one. And we could move everybody's pieces around. We should have little tiny little pieces that look just like you that we can move around on the, uh, on the board. If you have accepted Christ, it's just not sitting at his feet, receiving wisdom and hearing new, new insights from him. It includes an active response, a movement out into the world, sharing the good news and working to change and improve one's world. So it's more like as on earth, as on earth it is in heaven. Now this won't be done for us. It must be done by us. And how is this possible? By taking one step of faith at a time. Not a leap, but a step. That's all you have to take, is one, one step. I can say from practical experience, that, that's all. And it doesn't have to be a big step. It doesn't have to be your complete stride. It can just be one foot in front of the other foot. And you'll be surprised where that will take you. So, let us pray. 
Dear Lord, let us be like Philip by bringing people to Christ. Let us have eyes that see and ears that hear so we can be aware of what the Holy Spirit has to say to us. Leave us here enough faith so that when the time comes, we are able to take that step of faith, leading us to where God wants us to be. Amen. Let us now stand and sing our final hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, page 2 in our hymnal, or the words are on the screen. And we'll take a break before the last verse. Nathaniel and take that step of faith that will change our lives. What happened? <laughs> May our step of faith include an active response leading us out of our church into the world. Let not your heart be troubled and may you be given the desires of your heart and may all your plans succeed. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, go and earn your day. Let us now sing our last verse of our hymn. Thank you. 